Hello everyone, welcome to Rexy Gaming Chat. Today I'll be talking about the Metro series, since the new Metro Exodus will be coming out in just a few days. So, I'll be talking about the history of the game series, from the background of the book, the storylines of the first and second game, and hopes for the newest installment. As always, thank you to my subscribers and listeners on iTunes and Podbean. If you are looking for other podcasts dealing with lore in all forms, look into the Lore Network. I'm sure you'll find something you like. And with that, let's dive into Metro. The Metro series started back in 2005 with the book Metro 23 by Dmitry Glikovsky. The setting was post-apocalyptic Russia in 2013, after the world was plunged in World War. The story revolves around Artyom, a normal Russian citizen that was born pre-apocalypse. As Artyom's family was trying to escape the nuclear holocaust, his mother was killed by a pack of carnivorous killer rats. Artyom was saved by a military officer named Sokoy. Sokoy, known as Alex in the game, would then raise Artyom as a son. That's one big difference from the book and the game. Now, when you have a major catastrophe, there are going to be differences of opinions on how the remaining world and resources should be managed. That created the different factions within the world of Metro. The first faction is the more neutral peacekeepers out of all the factions. They are the Rangers of the Order. Now, the Order is considered to be the most elite and hardened warriors. They are the ones that guard the most precious areas and items, such as the capital of Polis. If someone wants to join the ranks of the Order, they need to be thoroughly vetted by a current member, go through the Order training, and then go through a probationary period. If the person passes all of those criteria, then they are indoctrinated into the Order, the Rangers of the Order. Second is the Communum-based Red Line. Red Line is one of the more popular factions because of the fact that they are able to manage their resources effectively. With an estimated 15,000 people under their banner, they are the second largest faction in the series. Now on paper, the ideals of the Red Line faction seem to be pretty positive in the distribution of food, water, housing, and the items needed for personal protection. However, while communism on paper seems to be like a great idea for a post-apocalyptic system of government, in real life it often mutates into something more perverse. The actual lives of the Red Line citizens are hard. With the government seizing most of the accumulated stock that is produced or procured by Red Line citizens, the citizens are often overworked, starved, and generally terrorized by their own government. The third faction on our list is the Fourth Reich faction. Now they are, as the name suggests, neo-Nazis that believe in genetic purity without any mutation caused by the radiation. The Reich also believe that the Metro should stay 100% Russian, going so far as to expelling anyone they deem unworthy by a show of fear and force or by committing downright genocide. The Reich is one of the most secretive of the factions because of the fact that they do not believe in integration with refugees and other factions. No one truly knows when or how the Fourth Reich became the faction it is, faction is led by one man named, surprise, surprise, the Fuhrer. The Fuhrer has complete control over the happenings of the Fourth Reich. His decision and ideals are not to be questioned, otherwise you'll end up dead along the metro tracks. Now the Reich is just like that one guy who thinks that it should be his way or the railway. Sorry, <laughs> pun intended. Without backing down or compromise. This leads to the Reich being in constant state of conflict with other factions, mainly the Red Line who believe that the more people who come under the Red Line banner as refugees are more people to exploit and thus making the Red Line more powerful. 
The Fourth Reich see this as a disgusting way to live, since the mixing of rush of people with radiation mutations and those without is an abomination to the belief of keeping Russians Russian. Now the Polis faction is considered as the heart of the metro system. Since the Polis is located at the central hub of the metro lines, it is considered as the capital of the nation that is the metro. Polis is honestly one of the smallest of all the factions. However, they have a vast knowledge repository that holds most, if not all, of the major knowledge that survived the nuclear war. Polis has retained some of the comforts of pre-apocalyptic life, one being almost perfect safety in living in Polis. While Polis does not have the largest army or the best defenses like other factions do, they are protected by the belief and awe of what Polis represents. If Polis were to fall, the knowledge that is kept there would risk being destroyed. There is no one leader that governs the Polis station, but a council that brought together the various pre-war sects to discuss the topics and issues that happened throughout the metro. Now, if Polis is the heart of the metro, then the Commonwealth of the Stations of the Ring Line, aka the Hansa, is the lifeblood. They are the trading faction of the metro. They are run by a coalition of merchants that has the most influence and power throughout the entire metro network. Nothing gets moved on the metro lines without the Hansa knowing about it. The Hansa have a sizable army of roughly four to 5,000 troops. These troops are to keep the goods protected and to keep the, sovereign, the sovereignty and trade revenue protected. Since the Hansa is run by businessmen, they really don't care about the plight of everyday citizens along their route, only if they have enough money to buy from Hansa goods. Now those are the main factions in the world of Metro. Now I'll give a relatively brief overview into the current Metro games, starting with Metro 2033. This game starts with Artyom journeying towards the surface with a ranger named Miller. Miller serves as the purpose of the tutorial gameplay instructor, teaching you the basics like any other fast-paced shooter. Once you get to the surface, you meet up with two other rangers and a repurposed truck. Within a few minutes, the group is ambushed by Watchers, which are very large rat-like mutants that honestly remind me of the rodents of unusual size from the Princess Bride movie. Just more aggressive. After you deal with the Watchers, large mutated versions of bats, known as demons, swoop in and attack your group killing the two unnamed rangers. Artyom seemingly gets killed by this attack as well. The story then pulls a Quentin Tarantino effect, and you wake up eight days before the attack on the surface. While wandering throughout the station that's known as Exhibition, you learn about a new species known as the Dark Ones. Now, the Dark Ones are very powerful, powerful sentient humanoid with telepathic powers that are the next evolution in the human line due to, due to the radiation and they are known as Homo Novus. Any encounter you have had with the Dark Ones, they seem to be trying to communicate with Artyom. Now, back to the story. You are introduced to the character known as Hunter, but the introduction is short-lived with an attack on the station by a wave of mutants called Nosales. After you help defend the station from the mutants, Alex voices concern that the main problem that plagues the citizens of the Metro are the Dark Ones. <laughs> Typical thing, right? Don't understand it gotta be destroyed. Hunter gives you his ranger token and tells you that if he doesn't come back, then to take his token to a guy named Miller in Polis and tell Miller about the turn of events. Thus, the beginning to the journey of to Polis. As you travel through the metro, you meet some characters that always seem to appear right as you need them. 
always seem to be riding that luck train. <laughs> Sorry, another train pun. You eventually make your way to Polis and present the token to Miller. Miller brings this information to the council, who quickly dismiss the threat, saying that the true problem is the upcoming war with the Fourth Reich. Artyom seems to lose hope, but once again, as luck would have it, Miller comes in at the last second saying that he will help you. He talks about a mostly intact launch facility, codenamed D6, that can be used to kill the Dark Ones. But no one knows exactly where the D6 is, so you have to go to the library. While in the library, you are introduced to the librarians. Now these librarians are not older ladies with large rimmed glasses shushing you every few seconds. No. They're a mix between the biggest scary guy that you can imagine and a hairless gorilla. Yeah, pretty freaky. After you defeat the librarians, you glean the location of the D6. You fight through the tunnels to get to the D6 site. Along the way, Artyom suffers a vision of an unknown ranger and then a dark one in a doorway made of metal bars which walks backwards, seemingly towards the sun, while proclaiming a message of peace. Now, Artyom has had some visions before, but never as real and lucid as this one. Once you get to the D6 site, you find the missile control, but soon realize that you need more power from the nuclear reactor. However, you will need to battle against a giant biomass that has attached itself to the nuclear reactor. You injure the biomass by removing, removing old fuel rods from the reactor and replacing them with fresh fuel rods. Just like a large set of batteries. You and Miller leave the biomass promising to come back and finish it off. But on the way to the surface, you grab the missile guidance system. This is where the story jumps forward to where you are attacked by the giant bat. Remember that? Well, as luck would have it, Miller saves you from the demon, and you two continued on to Ostinkono Tower, where you intend to attach the missile guidance system. As you and Miller begin the climb to the tower, Miller gets attacked and is injured by a flying demon. Miller urges you to continue on without him. You get to the top of the tower and attach the missile guidance system. You are then attacked by a dark one. You are transported into a vision-like state that takes place in a strange landscape deep within Artyom's subconscious. Artyom must evade the projections of several dark ones and make it to the end of the maze, and a long stretch of void. At the end, however, he has a vision of Hunter, who tosses Artyom a revolver and repeats the ranger's codex. If it's hostile, you kill it. Artyom turns and fires the revolver at the incoming dark one who pleads for Artyom to stop. As the Dark One falls to the floor, Artyom awakes. Here the ending can take on two routes, depending on how you played up until this point. If you follow the standard ending, you blow the Dark Ones to hell with the missiles. However, if you just did more good than bad in your gaming decisions, then you have the choice in the matter. To just sit back and watch the show, or destroy the missile beacon. If Artyom destroys the missile beacon, the dying Dark One at his feet which is the one Artyom shot earlier in his vision, mutters, We want peace. And the ending cinematic plays. This secondary ending has a guidance system falling off the tower, smashing to the ground, and Artyom realizing that the Dark Ones wanted only to reach out to humanity and make peaceful communications. Whew. Alright, so that was the end of the first game, Metro 2033. It's a lot to take in, right? But while it's still fresh in that squishy little mind of yours, let's jump into the second game, Metro Last Light. The beginning of Metro Last Light continues a year later at the, after the canon ending of Metro 2033. 
where us calling the missiles down on the Dark Ones effectively wiping them off the planet. Convenient, huh? That good ending at the end of Metro 2033? Nah, don't worry about that, little guy. So the Rangers have since occupied the D6 site, making it a strategic military point. Artyom has been accepted into the Ranger ranks. A minor character named Khan, who is a nomadic mystic, arrives at the D6 site and tells Artyom and the other Rangers that a single Dark One has survived the missile strike. Khan believed that the Dark One is the key to furthering human existence. Khan wants to find the Dark One and make peace with it. However, Miller wants to find the Dark One and destroy their, their race once and for all. So, Miller commands you to venture out and kill the Dark One due to its potential threat on the rest of the Metro citizens. Miller also sends his daughter Anna along with you. Anna's pretty sarcastic, but supposedly the best sniper in the Order. Artyom finds the Dark One, who turns out to be a child Dark One. Artyom and the Dark One is then captured by the Nazis and are separated. Artyom soon befriends a good-natured redline soldier named Pavel that helps Artyom escape the Reich. Pavel says that if they can get to a redline settlement, then Pavel will help will continue to help you find the Dark One. But that's a big-ass lie. Upon reaching the Redline settlement, Pavel is revealed to be a high-ranking Redline officer who allows the other Redline soldiers to capture Artyom. What a dick. But our fair protagonist escapes the Redline captivity, but not before he learns of a plot on the D6 site that the Redline is plotting. Artyom also learns that the, Ranger, that the Rangers have a mole among them, a Ranger named Lenitsky who fled, the re fled to the red line with stolen samples of a bioweapon. Artyom manages to rescue the Dark One child with Kane's assistance. After a series of flashbacks where Artyom learns the Dark Ones have saved his life when he was a child, Artyom decides to protect the Dark One. While escorting the Dark One back to Polis, Artyom is confronted by first Leninsky and later Pavel. The Dark One uses his power to read their minds, allowing Artyom to learn of General Corbett's plan to capture D6 and use a bioweapon from the facility to exterminate all human life in the Metro not aligned with the Red Line. After each confrontation, Artyom is given the choice of forgiving his enemy or taking revenge on them. After Artyom and the Dark One arrive at Polis, they find there is a peace treaty in the process, with Hansa, Red Line, and the Reich attempting to broker peace. The Dark One uses his telepathic abilities to force the Red Line leader, Chairman Moskvin, to admit the plot to capture the D6, using this peace summit as a distraction. The Chairman admits the plan to use the bioweapon to kill anyone who does not align with the Red Line way of life. And so, Artyom and the rest of the Rangers stand a last stand at the D6. After they're almost defeated, Artyom and the remaining Rangers plan on destroying the D6 site. While they are attempting to do that, the Red Line launch their secret weapon, an armored train that crashes into the platform, effectively incapacitating the defenders. Artyom wakes up surrounded by Red Line soldiers who are about to kill the defenders. Now, here is where there are two endings of the game based on your prior decisions. In the bad ending, Artyom will activate the D6's self-destruct device to prevent Corbett from using the facility to wipe out the remnants of humanity resulting in the death of both the Rangers and the Red Army. Artyom is survived by Anna, who is shown an unspecified time later telling her and Artyom's child of his father's adventures. In the good ending, Artyom prepares to activate the device, but is stopped by the Dark One child, 
who arrives along with several other surviving Dark Ones who had been hibernating inside a secret chamber in the D6. The Dark Ones defeat Corbett's army, making it unnecessary for Artyom to sacrifice himself and the D6. Artyom credits the Dark One child with being humanity's last light of hope for his efforts. In both endings, after the events of the game, the Dark One child leaves with the surviving Dark Ones, promising either Anna or Artyom that they would come back to help the world rebuild. And with that ends the second Metro game in the series. Now finally, I'll talk about what I hope for and what I expect to see in the newest and final expansion to the Metro universe in Metro Exodus. So the first thing that I want to talk about is just how beautiful everything looks. Um, the scenery, everything looks absolutely beautiful, just landscape-wise. Now, from what I've been able to gather, you are going to be set on a journey from Moscow on a armored train to a new area. Now, you're supposed to be reaching Vladivostok in the Far East, and you're following along with a group of survivors known as the Aurora. Now, the Aurora travel across the country using the Trans-Siberian Railway, and in the game, we're supposed to be able to explore vast stretches of the Russian wilderness, where the air is breathable without the use of filters, and the soil may be fertile in some of these areas. Now, there was an interview with the developers, and it was confirmed that the redemption ending of the previous game is canon. And that was where the Dark One Child saves Artyom, so that Artyom doesn't blow himself up. That's the only reason why you're able to continue playing as Artyom is only with that ending. Now, another thing that I've been able to find is that when you get to certain areas, it's going to be an open world type thing. So you're going to be able to hop off the train and wander around, find things, whether you're going to be dealing with creatures or you're going to be dealing with other humans. We don't know, we don't know yet. We don't know what is in what exact area. Uh, the biggest thing that I've been able to find is the fact that there's going to be different seasons. And so the changing seasons has its own factions, wildlife, weather. And different seasons equal different things that the NPCs are going to do, different ways that you're going to have to deal with the, uh, with the game, other ways that you're going to have to deal with enemies and things like that. Now, another cool thing that they did a lot of detail on is the fact that every weapon that you have in the game could be used in real life. It could actually work if it was able to be put together that way. Another really cool thing is going to be the special editions that you can pre-order and things like that. One of them is the Aurora Limited Edition, uh, which has one copy of the game in an exclusive steelbox case, a 32-page art book from the world of the Metro, uh, one season pass for Metro Exodus, and it's all contained in an outer case inspired by the Aurora, which is pretty steampunk. Uh, it's got a big red star. It looks just like the very front end of a, of a, of a train. Now, the other one is called the Gold Edition, which is a cheaper version. It has just the game and the expansion pass. Um, now, the big, the big bang that you're going to be able to do is called the Spartan Case. Now, the Spartan has, it comes in a relatively what looks to be like a small 55-gallon barrel. And it's going to have the same thing as the Aurora Limited Edition. So it's going to have the steel, steel box uh, game case, 
book art. It's going to have the season pass. And then it also has a, I believe they said it was about a 10 to 12 inch figure of Artyom pushed up against a door trying to keep a uh, one of the giant rack watchers from getting in. You're also going to get a few leather patches, some metal dog tags, some um, very old looking postcards from all across the world. Um, it looks super awesome. Definitely would love to get that. Um, beyond that though, that's pretty much all I can really say. I'm super excited about this. Definitely have, definitely have it pre-ordered, waiting to get it. Um, and hopefully you all are able to get it too and enjoy this game as much as I have. And this marks the end of episode two of Rexy Gaming Chat. I hope you all enjoyed it. Hope you all learned something about the Metro game. So hopefully you all are either inclined to go out and buy it or tell somebody about it so that maybe maybe they would like to hear it, maybe they like to buy it, and the Metro Universe. And with that, I wish you all a good day, and hopefully I get to see you down the road on the road of life.